When is the last time that you dreamt about the future? Like really gave yourself permission to dream, to get wild and audacious about it. Today's episode is all about dreaming and dreaming big and the relationship between dreaming big and hope and hopefulness. And I get a little bit nerdy. I get a little bit academic-y in this episode because there's some amazing concepts and some amazing theories that come out of actually research around theater, the ability to imagine a world different than our own that I think could provide you some guidance on not only how to dream, how to imagine, but it will also help you make a connection between hope, goals, and your future self. I'm so excited for this. I'm going to nerd out, but I'm going to keep it quick. So listen, there's good stuff here. Let's do this. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. Before I jump into things, I want to invite you all to take a wildly fun quiz. I created a quiz. So you know that I like to make things delightful. I like to make things fun. I like to be playful. I like to take a playful element to things while still getting really serious about results. So I created a quiz called What is Your Productivity Nemesis? And it's really fun. You can take it in two minutes and it's going to produce some results for you. And it will tell you what your productivity nemesis is, but then it's going to offer you some tips on how to address the things that you struggle with. And under each tip, there's going to also be some recommended podcast episodes for you to listen to. That alone will be of huge value to you. By doing the quiz, you're also going to trigger an email to your email box where you're going to get a free planning pack. And it is full of goodies. I'm talking a budget tracker, habit tracker a weekly planning spread. It's phenomenal. So go ahead, find that link in the show notes and take the quiz, have fun with it, find out what your productivity nemesis is, and then get some tips on how to address it. So as you all know, I believe strongly, firmly believe in the power of working with a coach. This is not only a service that I offer, I offer time management coaching, but it's also something that I invest in myself. And in the last couple of years, I've worked with a life coach, I've worked with a podcast coach, and now I'm working with a business coach. And each experience has been wildly transformative for me. It's been a really, really generative process. There's just something about having having someone that's like on your team and really helping you imagine the future, do that self-work, but can also like coach you on something specific, like how to make a podcast or how to grow a business. It's oh, It's been so good. So recently, my coach, I'll give him a shout out here, Mitch Matthews. You can listen to his podcast. His his podcast is Dream, Think, Do. He has a second podcast called Encouraging the Encouragers. It's wonderful. Really, the both of his podcasts are amazing. Go check them out. But so Mitch had me doing this activity where I was imagining my life five years from now. 
When is the last time you did something like this? When's the last time that you sat down and really gave yourself permission to dream? Really dream. Where could you be five years from now? What do you want your life to look like? And y'all, I've always prided myself on being a big dreamer. This past year, I've really, really stretched myself. In fact, I think most days I feel like I am on the edge of my comfort zone. And it's amazing. It's been invigorating. But it's terrifying. But it's also invigorating. And I think the one thing that I've realized is that I haven't been dreaming enough. And this was kind of like a shocker for me because I thought that I was a big dreamer. I feel like I'm a go-getter. And Mitch has really challenged me on this. He's really made me realize that, you know, while I haven't necessarily been thinking small, I have been thinking smaller than I'm capable of. I'm probably doing this to try to protect myself some. So have any of you, have you held back on a goal or have you held back on a dream because it seems too scary or to name it, to say it out loud feels too hopeful? I think hope is a really interesting concept. So one of the things that I study is how performance as a particular mode of communication can be used to engage in problem solving and community building. And the concept of hope and concepts like belonging also come up in my research. As I was working on this episode, I felt myself really kind of wanting to dig back into hope a little bit more. So for those of you that are just listening in, like I said, I'm a professor and my area of research is something funky called performance studies. I'm located in a communication and media department. And one of, my, one of my roles at the university is that I run a small black box theater. It's called the Interpreter Theater. And hope is a really important part of theater. So in my opinion, theater creates a space where people can gather together and can imagine different possibilities. They can hope for a better future. And so anyway, as I was writing this episode, a question really popped up for me. I was like, huh, I wonder if hope is an emotion. I wanted to grab out Brene Brown's most recent book, Atlas of the Heart, because she works through different emotions here. But so I, I, went, on, I went on a little bit of a, a deep dive here, looking to see if hope is an emotion. And according to the American sociologist, hope is not an emotion. It is a way of thinking. It's a state of being that is often full of all sorts of emotions. But hope itself is not an emotion. In fact, hope often creates emotion. So if you found yourself wondering whether or not hope is an emotion, there you go, folks. I went down the rabbit hole for you. I hope that you find this interesting. But here's the cool thing about hope then. It is a state of mind. It's a way of thinking. And it, that means that it is a learnable skill. Hope is a learnable skill. So you should be able to learn how to be a hopeful person, especially if you want to set goals and achieve them for a few reasons. One, hope can motivate you. There are so many studies, especially in the field of psychology, that links hopefulness to motivation. But the research doesn't stop there. There's also evidence that hopeful people are good problem solvers. And this is in part because, and other studies show this too, hopeful people have cognitive flexibility, which means that they are mentally able to explore possibilities. And people that are hopeful have brains that are able to imagine multiple futures. So how do you do that? How do you actively pursue a hopeful state of mind? Well, one way to do that is to explore utopian possibilities. Yeah, I know. I know. I told you I was going to go full academic on you this episode, but I believe that you are smart and you got this. So let's go back to the activity that Mitch had me doing. He had me imagining with a good amount of detail what my life would be like in five years. 
Where do I live? Where do I work? What does the space look like that I work in? Who am I working with? Who do I spend time with regularly? Why did I decide to pursue the things that I did? What did I do to make those things happen? In performance, in my area of research, we believe that performance is a safe place for people to rehearse living different futures. So when you see it, when you see a play and it seems wild, part of the possibility of that play is that it is a safe place for people to imagine and to rehearse and to practice a different future. There, there's a theater practitioner, Augusta Boal, who did something called Theater of the Oppressed. And in that, he would help people that were living in oppressive states. So he was a Brazilian theater practitioner and legislature, actually. He was on the legislature there. And he would create performances where people could rehearse for revolution. Now, utopian performances, they're profound moments when a performance calls attention to the audience in a way that lifts everyone slightly above the present into a hopeful feeling of what the world might be like if every moment of our lives were as emotionally voluminous, generous, aesthetically striking, and intersubjectively intense as that moment. That's actually a quotation from Jill Dolan in her book, Utopian Performances. But what she's describing, I kind of want to break that down a little bit. I want to make sense of that. But what she's describing doesn't just happen on stage. We have these moments where we imagine utopian futures in everyday life. We have moments that spark feelings of a future that's slightly above the present. Futures that are full of connection, that big word intersubjectivity. So the activity that Mitch had me do, he's inviting me to have a utopian moment to create a safe place for me to rehearse for the future. That a lot of times, just by imagining, just by being hopeful enough to let yourself dream, you start changing your present. So before you go set goals, I want you to check your state of mind. Are you feeling hopeful? If not, maybe your first goal should be to cultivate a hopeful mind, a mind that is motivated and good at problem solving, and one that can help you imagine your utopia, your ideal future self. I realized that I was holding back. Dreaming big not only felt scary, it also felt audacious and maybe even a little bit arrogant. Any of you all feel that way sometimes? By dreaming big, I felt like I wasn't being humble. At least that's the excuse that I was making. But here's the thing. I am never alone in my utopias. I never get there on my own. My utopia always requires community efforts. I always do this with the help and support of others, always. Even what I'm describing for you today, that was Mitch nudging me to dream bigger and bolder. And so I invite you to try on hope, to join me in a utopia where you are living as big as you are made to live fully and well. I wish for you a hopeful state of mind, the ability to imagine that by just dreaming, you will find yourself acting differently in the present and your future self will come together faster than you ever thought possible. I wish this for you, friends. Be well. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.